Okay, good morning everyone. Continue our cup of joe. Please help yourselves with some donuts and some coffee. As always, we want to thank Elliot Oswang, who has uh, sponsored this year's uh, Learning on Wednesday mornings in memory of his beloved mother, Marilyn Oswang Eisenberg, whose neshama should have an aliyah. We concluded proudly Sharon Betfila, the remarkable safer of Rapinkis. And this morning, drumroll please, the great uh, decision was, we're going to begin Mesilas Yisharam, a modern reading of a contemporary application of Mesilas Yisharam, the great work of the Ramchal, Rav Moshe Chaim Lutzato. The Ramchal lived in the 18th century, overlapped with the Baal Shem Tov and the Gra. He lived in Padua, Italy, where he not only was an outstanding Talmud Chacham, who led a yeshiva, recognized one of the great leaders of the generation, but he was well-versed in Italian culture, poetry, plays. He was a real Renaissance man, a very, very fascinating individual. And it's said about him that when the Groff first saw Mesilus Sharm, when the Groff first understood this contribution, he remarked he would have walked across Europe barefoot in the snow in order to be able to greet, to have an audience with the Ramchal. That's how great, that's how special a man he was. We're going to actually skip the introduction and begin with the first chapter, but just to tell you, Nathan, I think it's actually slipping down in the stand, so it's going to cover the camera, no, no, on, on top. To tell you the... Uh, Exactly. But to, uh, to tell you what he writes in the, in the introduction, it's something many are familiar with. No modern author would ever write this in their introduction because it absolutely guarantees that you won't sell a book. What he writes in his introduction to Ramchal is, I want you to know, I'm not writing anything new. I have no new novel idea. I have nothing exceptional to introduce. I'm telling you what you already know. So if you think you're going to buy my book and have some breakthrough idea, don't waste your money. No one would ever write that today. But the Ramchal wants to set the expectations and make them clear. And the principle that he's saying is worth the entire Sefer just for this principle. Says the Ramchal, essentially we all know what we have to do. We know our core values. We know the expected behavior. We know our deficiencies and faults. We know what is expected of us. We struggle to do it. So what's the answer? How do we do it? Mindfulness, cognizance, conscientiousness, awareness. How do you gain a mindfulness of the right thing to do? So he says, only buy my Sefer if you're going to read it again and again and again. This is not a book to read once and put it on the bookshelf to collect dust. Its value is in reading it over and over again because he says, I'm not telling you anything new. I'm telling you what you already know, but only by being mindful of what you already know will you behave properly. Be mindful of how you eat and what you look at and how you speak and what you listen to and the choices you make and whether you're patient or get angry, whether you're humble or you're arrogant. We all know what we're supposed to do, except we find ourselves in that moment and we have a momentary lapse of sanity. We all of a sudden forget what we're supposed to do. So the greatest way to promote a sense of mindfulness is to read it over and over again. So Perak Aleph, the Ramchal begins as follows. First of all, the title of the chapter itself is incredibly insightful and instructive. The Ramchal's title of the chapter is A Definition of Man's Obligation or Duty in Ba'olamo. What does Ba'olamo translate? So previous translations of Mesil Sasharim wrote, What is man's obligation in the world? But that's actually an inaccurate translation because how do you translate the word Olamo? 
his world. What's the difference between the world and his world? Just in the introduction, just the title of the chapter. The difference is, there isn't one generic world that we all live in. We are each a world onto ourselves. We come from different backgrounds, we have different personalities, we have different struggles, we have different liabilities, we have different assets, we have different likes, different interests, different skill sets. We're all different. We live in different socioeconomic classes. We all have a different background and we bring to our world something new. We should never project from our world onto someone else. Never presume they can understand our world, we can understand their world. Every human being lives in a world to themselves. Our worlds overlap. We're supposed to integrate and intersect our lives. But meaning every person is a world onto themselves. Never assume you can understand or that you can judge. Never assume that you know everything going on in the other person's world. And we're also supposed to appreciate that Bishvili Nivra That for me, my life, the whole world was worth creating. That Hashem created man singularly and alone, the Gemara in Sanhedrin says. Why? To remind us that just like Hashem created, the whole world was worth it. The heavens and earth, the ocean, the sea, the land, the trees, the vegetation, all of it was worth it for Adam, for one man, one person. And the same is true, it's all worth it just for us. Just for the impact we can have and the life that we can live. That if you save one life, you save the whole world. Every one of us is a world into ourselves. And in our world, what should be our attitude? Should we look at our rights and entitlements? Should we be focused on our privileges? Let's see, what can this world give me? What can I get out of it? Says the Ramchal, no. The title of chapter one, you want to live a meaningful life, a rich life, a purposeful life, a satisfying life, a happy life, then it begins with asking the question, not what can I get out of the world, but what can I bring and contribute to the world? What is our duty? What's our responsibility? What's our obligation? Because I'm a unique world. Because I can contribute, no one else can. Because I'm positioned in life to play a role that no one before me or after me could possibly play. That means not what can I take from the world, but how does that obligate me to give to the world? My personality, my assets, my unique Tzalem uh, my godly soul. And so the Ramchal begins, the bedrock, the foundation of a life of piety and the root of a life of service, of pure service, to clarify and discover the truth, the fundamental question, very paradoxically or counterintuitively, you want to find happiness in life, don't ask, what can I take from the world? Ask, what can I give to the world? I've been interacting lately with a lot of particularly young people but in general, people suffering, struggling with mental illness, with depression. And at the core of so much of it is a feeling of being invisible and being inconsequential. Language with, thank God if you can't relate to it, it means you're healthy. And be grateful. But people using language such as, I don't know why I'm here. I feel like the world would be better off without me. The world doesn't need me. What's my purpose? Why was I even born? I don't matter. I don't make a difference. 
So many more and more people, in fact, studies uh, are showing that this is likely the result of, of the smartphone, of a world of social media, which is seeing an explosion of a rise of young people, of teenagers struggling with depression and sadness and these types of thoughts. The Ramchal is encouraging exactly the opposite. We wake up with a sense of moda'ani, rabbah emuna secha. God, your faith in me is great. If I'm alive, if I'm awake, it means I am a world. I am an entity that is consequential, that is significance, that has a role to play and that has a difference to make, that each of us has a unique mission that cannot be fulfilled or met by anyone else. We are an olam, we are a world unto ourselves. And because we're that, our responsibility is not to say, what can I get out of the world? What can I give to the world? Study after study after study shows that when one is clinically depressed, among the best therapies to feel better is not to go shopping, is not to indulge in overeating, but actually is to volunteer. That volunteering is the best antidote to the feelings of sadness and depression. Because when a person can find the answer to Soba olamo, when we can provide and be the answer to what is my duty and responsibility in the world, we tap into the essence of who we are, who we're meant to be. We find our purpose in existence. We are set to determine what we're aiming for and how to achieve this. That is how we measure everything. My job, my profession, my livelihood, my hobbies, my practices, how I spend my day. Every decision of our day should be informed by this question. Not what can I get from the world, but how am I meant to contribute to the world? Every decision should be measured through the lens of what is my unique mission in life? What am I meant to do? And such a life of giving, of service, doesn't lead to unhappiness through the selflessness. As I said, kind of counterintuitively, it actually accomplishes the other. It's the source of great happiness. And with that, we began. Mesilo Sisharam, have a great day.